You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Dream Girl, and since we're going to be picking on the women here, I thought I'd read some things that would help back them up a little bit. One day, my housework challenged husband decided to wash his sweatshirt. Seconds after he stepped into the laundry room, he shouted to me, what setting do I use on the washing machine? It depends, I replied. What does it say on your shirt? He yelled back, University of North Carolina. (laughs) And they say blondes are dumb. He said, what have you been doing with all the grocery money I gave you? She said, turn sideways and look in the mirror. What do you call an intelligent, good-looking, sensitive man? A rumor. It's probably enough of those. Alicia Silverstone said, I don't feel like a dream girl, but I think it's really nice. I guess a part of me wishes I got that sort of attention in my real life. Because in my real life, I'm this weird, dorky girl who just hangs out with her dog. Now, I found a website, and there's tons of garbage out there, but this one is stopgettingdumped.com. Okay? I'm not recommending this. I'm just trying to tell you where I got it. And part of this site is, what is a dream girl? And it starts out by quoting George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. So here we go. What the dream girl is all about. When we say dream girls, we're not talking head in the clouds, residing in fantasy land kind of girls. We're talking knock down, drag out, fabulous, smart, funny, sexy, fearless. I've got it all together and I know what to do with it, women. The reference to dream girls is aspirational. If you can believe it, you can be it. It's the best version of ourselves, the one we aspire to be. You know the one that has a fantastic job, spends three days a week helping out at a soup kitchen, whose apartment is always spanking clean and always has the right shoes no matter what the occasion. It's in you, and we just know you can pull it off. Go out there and be a dream girl. Carl Sandburg had a poem called Dream Girl. R. Kelly got a song called Dream Girl, and it's a little bit too much to be read here, so I'll let that go. <laughs> Now, if you think about a dream girl, if you ask a woman what she thinks that is, usually what a woman thinks that is is tied to what she thinks a man thinks that is, and she's trying to be what she thinks a man wants her to be, not what she wants to be anyway. And the confusion out there is these young girls are growing up. I mean, I don't even remember where I was the other day, but a bunch of 13-year-olds, a bunch of these girls were at a birthday party. I was there with my girls. And these girls come out in these little miniskirt things now. And you almost feel sorry for them, other than the fact that there's no modesty whatsoever. They're trying to be cute. They have no idea what these things do to men. They're just in some hot new fashion. And they are walking around fighting this thing the whole party, just pulling that thing back down, trying to cover their backside, you know, and then they're going this way. And I was like, why don't you just wear some clothes? You won't have to worry about fighting all this. But they think they're hot, they think they're cute, and they think it's the thing to do, but they don't have a clue what they look like. And I guess, you know, you got parents, if you're a mom or you're a dad, I mean, the moms, I think, have these battles more. I mean, and you were the battle at one point. I mean, we all forget that. 
trying to come out in something and mom's saying no lower you know well higher lower you know the, the cleavage you got to button more up and they're trying to uncover you're trying to cover and it's this constant battle they're trying to be cool or cute or somebody's dream girl be attractive and the world starts on the outside and says to women, if you're not attractive on the outside, you won't even have a shot at showing them the inside of you. The problem is a lot of women, unfortunately, buy into the world system and never get to working on the inside. And you may attract somebody. You may not like what you attract. And the problem is these dream girls, you know, unless you're going to get airbrushed every morning. You know, what men see as dream girls, even the dream girls in the pictures or in the movies or whatever it is, they can't even look that way all the time. It's just not possible. So you got to decide what you're going to do, what you're going to be, communicate that to your daughters and try to live something other than what the world says. Now, let me give you some warnings, kind of a different approach to this, maybe out of Proverbs chapter seven. And this is written to warn a man about a particular kind of woman. And Proverbs 7, beginning verse 1, says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live in my laws, the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, if you think being a dream girl is figuring out all the right things to say to a man to get him all worked up and to seduce him and a seductress, you're in the Bible. So you can, there's one good thing. You're in the Bible. That kind of woman's in here, but you know what? It doesn't work. It works. And if that's what you're after and that's where you want to end up, fine. And I think in the same way that sometimes we drive our cars and somebody's got a better car and we're jealous, we live in our houses and somebody's got a bigger house and we're jealous, some women see another woman working it and thinking it's working and they're getting all the attention. All the men are all goo goo and, you know, eyeballing them and don't pay attention to you. And you start thinking, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to get in the game. And so then you go find you some skirt. You got to fight all day <laughs> and some high heel stiletto things. that if you fell off of your insurance won't cover anyway. <laughs> and you think, well, I'm going to get in the game. And what game is that? And where is that going to land you? There is something about being content with who you are and where you are, doing the best thing with what you've got, but you're going to attract something, somebody, and you may not like what you attract, and you're going to be stuck with that somebody. And if you're only after a man who's looking at you because of the way you look, if you cannot, now listen close, if you want to be somebody's trophy or trophy wife, then play that game. Because a man who is only after you for the way you look is only going to keep looking as long as you keep looking the way you look. And you can only implant so many things and lipo so much and Botox so much to try to keep that thing looking the same way. And if that's what he's after, you know what? There's going to be somebody else come along that's the next dream girl. He's going to shelf you. You better have a great prenuptial agreement. And he's going to find him another one. And then when she stops looking that way, he's going to find another one. You say, well, that's not right. That's not fair. Then stop attracting those men. On down in Proverbs chapter 7. He's warned here again in verse 10 about this guy who doesn't have you know, enough brains to know who these women are. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. Now, I am a man, obviously, and maybe a woman should address these things, but sometimes I think it's better even for a man to say this. If you don't want to be treated like a whore, don't dress like one. Okay? You want that kind of attention? You can get it. 
And women think, well, she looks all hot and bad and sexy and all that. You want to look hot and sexy, get yourself married, find you a house, get a bed. You know, my kids tell Rebecca and I, I'll stop, kiss Rebecca. Some of them say, get a room. I say, you know, I got one. This is my room. Get out of my room. <laughs> you want to get all hot for somebody and with somebody, pick somebody and be committed to them. That's fine. You can wow them all you want. But if you leave the house feeling bad about yourself and thinking, well, I'll feel better about myself if I can kind of be a little flirtatious and sexy at the office, you're creating nothing but trouble for yourself with other women and the men in that office. Because the women are going to hate you and be jealous of you. And I sat in a building and I watched women go by, but I watched a woman watch the woman go by. Now that's even more intriguing. You think men are looking at women, watch women look at women going, well, who does she, you know, you can kind of see, you know, who does she think she is, you know? <laughs> You know, and they do the cut, you know, well, her skirt, you can just see them thinking, well, her skirt's too tight, she thinks she's all that, no shoe, you know, they go all the way down, all the way up and down, thinking, well, she's better than me, because, you know, it's just this comparison game, men are looking, women are looking, it's a mess out there, figure out who you are before you leave the house, or you're in trouble, because these women are out here. This guy meets a woman with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. And see, a woman who knows how to work it, and guys, we are idiots. You gotta work to get to a woman. Women play games unless they're just, you know, a harlot like it describes here. But men can be taken out just like that, right? You smile at a guy and he'll melt. You know, men are desperate for some attention, somebody to acknowledge them. And a woman who is flirtatious can destroy a man. And if you are out there playing a game, let me tell you something, you'll get bit by it sooner or later. And this guy is warned here. This woman is so brazen, she grabs this guy and kisses him. And he's stupid for even being there in the first place. Now, I'm talking about the guys here, but I'm also talking about you women. Do not be this woman. And there are terrible things that happen to women. Now, listen very closely to this. I am not saying it is ever a woman's fault. A man never has the right to take advantage of a woman under any circumstance. But if you are baiting a man and you say, well, I wasn't interested in getting raped. I didn't sign up for that. But everything about what you did, you're wearing cinnamon, vanilla, everything you can come up with. <laughs> And you've got this guy to pay attention to. You see, what you think is attention is someone loving you and appreciating you. And so young girls, any age girl, women will think, well, I got a man to pay attention to me. But what you have given off is something different than hold me. What you've given off is you can have me. And he's reading those signals and you say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you need to sit down somewhere with a woman who knows what I'm talking about and say, what was he talking about? You know, I may be naive, but every once in a while I come across a woman who is just naive and they've never had a man or a mama or somebody sit down and say, look, you're wearing these low cut blouses and you think all this cleavage and leg and all this stuff is making you all, you know, beautiful. You are beautiful. You're just showing too much beauty and putting off some completely different message than you realize. I may have to go back and listen to this one. <laughs> He goes on here in Proverbs chapter 7, and one of the things that she says to this guy, come, let us take our fill until morning. At least she was honest. I'm not interested in you long term. Let us delight ourselves with love. Love's got nothing to do with this. I love me. Me wants you. I'm going to use you to fulfill some desire in me, and then I'm going to discard you. 
Verse 21, with her enticing speech, she causes him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. And then the chapter closes, 25 and following. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Don't be that woman. And if you even think for a second you are that woman, then get some help. Now, let me just interject this at this point. The challenge sometimes that I think women have is they say, well, but you don't know who I am. That is who I am. That's all I know. That's all I've known. That's the game I was taught. I grew up in the system, and that's what you did, and that's how you got men, and you got men for security or whatever your game was. Then stop and get a new reputation. And it is possible. I can name you a bunch of women and you wouldn't know it looking at them today that they had the past they have, but their lives have completely changed. God has changed them from the inside out, and no matter what their reputation was, you can't stick that on them anymore. And there are women here listening beyond here today who you've lived a life, maybe you've played the game, and you're done with that, then go from the inside out and say, God, you got to change me. I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to attract those kind of men anymore. I don't want to be used anymore. I want to be used by you, and if I'm supposed to be in a committed relationship, married to somebody, then just find me one man who's after the right thing, and let me put off that in my everyday life. Proverbs 11.22 says, As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Now, let me tell you something, ladies, from a man's point of view. Every once in a while, you look up, and you see a beautiful woman, and from a distance, She may look like a dream girl, but I can promise you there are people here in this room that work with somebody, you guys especially, if I had the men raise their hand, the guys would say, yeah, there is a beautiful woman in my office or in my building, but you know what? She is one of the nastiest things on the planet. Stay away, danger, don't get near. You don't want to have anything to do with her. She is mean. She is vicious. I'm not saying all beautiful women are that. But there are women out there who on the outside have it all together, but men do not find them attractive once they get to know them. And it's interesting how men sift through that sometimes and go, you know what? That woman over there may have been all that, but this is a real woman. This woman's got a brain. This woman's got a heart. This woman has sensitivity. There is something in here that I'm after because I know all that will go away. And a man who doesn't get that's just stupid. And I don't need any more amens from the center back here. All right, now listen to this list. And this gets read a lot, I know. And I'm reading this for the ladies and for the men as well. And this is almost an impossible list. I think I'm close to being married to this woman. Proverbs 31, let me read you these. I got about as close as you can get. But here we go. Proverbs 31.1, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. This is a mom writing and telling the son And says, what, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women. So Proverbs 31, we usually jump down to verse 10 and read all these things about a virtuous woman. But she starts out saying, do not give your strength to women, plural. And then you go down to verse 10, and she says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Are you trustworthy? If you've got a reputation of running around, then stop running around. So the guy who wants to marry you potentially says, I think I can trust her now. So he will have no lack of gain, 
She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes a tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing." Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. My daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Now listen to this. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. I was in the car and in my girl's school in one of the hallways, they have pictures of the teachers when they were younger and they would throw a name out and say, oh my gosh, she was so beautiful. I'm not saying they're not beautiful now. So if anybody goes to their school, I'm not, you know. And Miss so-and-so, wow, she was just so beautiful. She was gorgeous. She was, they were just amazed. And she had her hair in a beehive or a behave, whatever they got it wrong. And said, no, it's a beehive. You know, they thought they were so overwhelmed because these women were beautiful. You know what? You can't look that way to the death. You can only pull your face up so far, you know. <laughs> Charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And by the way, this is not some mealy mouth broad. In a biblical sense, this is a dream girl. Now you say, well, I can't do all that. Nobody can live up to that. A woman on the, you know, who is this? You know, she's got to be in the Smithsonian or something. I mean, she can't, nobody can be all this. But look at all the attributes, the things the world goes after. We go after external things, just purely visual things, unfortunately. This woman's in real estate. She takes care of her family. She's a sower. I mean, she does all kinds of stuff. She's not sitting around. She's not idle, and that's part of what makes her a great woman. But the way the advice ends up here, charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, do you fear being lonely, left out, rejected all those things more than you fear the Lord, then you will compromise to get what it is you think you need instead of waiting on God to meet that need. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do the best you can with what you got. I mean, you ought to be all that you can be. You know, you say, well, the world, it's a real world. Nobody looks like these women in the magazines, okay? And finally, they come out with these ads with plus-size women, you know, like what women really look like. I think even Barbie got adjusted a little bit recently. <laughs> you know, to look more real. You have to be anorexic to look like these women. And most of the world doesn't look like what we're saying you're supposed to look like. So be yourself. Start from the inside out and work your way out. If you start with your heart, what you put on the outside is going to change based on what you got on the inside. One last passage, 1 Peter chapter 3. 
And this is two wives, but it talks about women. And it says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. And here's the principle I want you to see. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on a fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. And by the way, there were obviously some hot women in the Bible. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, some of these women were beautiful, and that wasn't a bad thing. Esther, if you go read the story of Esther, I mean, they primped and pampered her in some spa for a year before she had sex one time. And that was her last shot, and she made quite an impression as the story goes. Now, I understand that this crew here, I mean, you wouldn't be here listening to some guy reading out of the Bible. I'm not up here trying to sell you on stopgettingdumped.com, you know. The world has a system. It has answers for all these things, but you know what? God does, too. And the world starts from the outside and works in. God starts from the inside and works out. And you may not be able to keep up with everybody you think you're supposed to be keeping up with. But as I've said, you know, if you're a man, how many wives are you looking for? If you're a woman, how many men are you looking for? Just one. So you say, Father, help me be the one that you want me to be for you primarily. I'm going to fear you more than all this other stuff and let you bring to me one man, if that's what you have for me in my life, and I'm willing to wait for that instead of getting myself in a mess my way, the world's way. You wanna be a dream girl, be God's kind of dream girl, not the world's. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for great women. In the Bible, my own mama included, my wife, and I pray my girls, Lord. And for women in this room and listening beyond this place, for men who in their hearts, even listen to this today, have to praise their wives, Lord, because they've been blessed beyond measure, beyond any external beauty, anything that fades, Lord. They've got women in their lives that are extraordinary women, Great women, great wives, great moms, great grandmothers, Lord, just extraordinary women. And on the other end of the spectrum, Lord, for young women, girls, teenagers, 20s, 30s, whatever it is, Lord, it can go all the way up. Women who feel pressured by the world system, by what they see in magazines, by what they see at work or on the street, in the malls, wherever they go, Lord, even at church and think, I've got to measure up, I've got to compete. Father, help us spend more time in the closet with you than in front of a mirror, trying to compare ourselves and, and sculpt ourselves into something that we can't maintain anyway long-term. Father, I pray that women would fear you, that men would as well, but in the context of what we've talked about today, Lord, that women would choose to fear the Lord and that that would be obvious, Lord, in their lives. 
And Father, I pray for women especially who are trying everything in the book, literally. They're trying to do the right thing, and they wish they could share their life with someone. They're being patient. They're waiting. They've changed their lifestyle, maybe. They're willing to do what you want them to do, and it seems that nobody shows up, and everybody else is having a good time, and they're getting left behind. Lord, I pray that you would honor their obedience and bless them according to your will with someone to share their life with soon. Father, no matter what the world offers, nobody ever took better care of us than you. And I thank you for proving that, that you love us and want the best for us by laying your only son down, letting him die on a cross, be buried and raised from the dead. Thank you for giving your all so that we could even know you and talk to you like this. Father, for anybody that doesn't know you, I pray they'd understand maybe for the first time that you do love them, that Jesus died for their sin to give them a new life, an eternal life. They'd reach out the hands of their heart and say, God, I've screwed up. I'm a sinner. I see the emptiness and where it comes from now. I ask you to come live in me and through me. Change me. Forgive me. I accept the forgiveness of my sin and this gift of eternal life. Now show me what it means to live the way you intended for me to live, the way you designed for me to live, and give me patience in that process. We love you, Father. We ask you to use us this day and change us as we go through the scriptures like this, Lord. Help us not be the same people we were. For your sake, for our sake, and for the world's sake, we pray it. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.